all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy. It's live right here. Give us a call at one 672 7464 or send us an email at org. It's anything you want to talk about, but I'm very interested in talking about myself uh, because I am the special guest today talking about veterans' illnesses. Yeah, it's Veterans Day 11-11, and I am a former Army doctor of 10 years, trained at Walter Reed, and subsequently a VA physician for many years while I was also uh, working at various universities and medical schools and continue to have a VA uh, physician appointment and see people over there from time to time. So I think I have enough information uh, to be helpful about veterans' issues. And if you want to talk about any of those issues, just give us a call. We're at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But we will talk about anything you want to talk about. There are a number of medical issues related to veterans. The first one is how do you get care? And I have uh, a lot of information about that. I'll be happy to give you if you want to give me a call. Um, the problem is you have to be, to do, do it easily, you have to be computer literate. If you're not, there are workarounds. But uh, most of the help stuff is online, which uh, is interesting. In fact, <laughs> it's interesting that the homeless uh, helpline is also on email. So that is a disconnect like many we have. But uh, you can give someone that you know uh, that may be having veterans' issues. Some of these uh, help them get uh, connected. So we can talk a little bit about that. Or whatever you want to talk about at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is our weekly doctor call-in show where you ask whatever questions you want to ask about health and health issues. So the primary um, problems that are unique to veterans uh, the diseases aren't unique, but the problems are more common in those groups uh, are physical inju- injuries due to combat. We're talking about amputations uh, and related rehab problems, and rehabilitation is a big part of what uh, veterans' dollars are used for. Traumatic brain injury, I think all of you know about that now, and it, it's uh, something you can get playing pro football or something you can get uh, being in the military and having something explode near you or having uh, blunt trauma to your head. And then there are psychological problems, and uh, it's, depression is very, very common uh, in veterans, especially those who have been in combat. combat. Post-traumatic stress disorder is one of those. Um, and depending on whether you served in Korea Uh, Afghanistan, um, uh, or any of the other combat zones, there are different stressors uh, that uh, may be associated with that. So we're happy to talk with you about that if you're interested. Uh, There there have been a change in discharge uh, arrangements for veterans uh, to be screened for some of these, uh, including depressive disorders, generalized anxiety disorder, and of course, suicide. Uh, there is there is a two to three times uh, increased probability over anyone else that a veteran will attempt to or successfully complete suicide. 
Uh, so this is a big, big problem, uh, and it has jumped. It has doubled the instance of um, uh, suicide now among veterans has doubled, and everyone is very, very concerned about this. And there are many reasons for that um, that we can talk about as well. So uh, there, there are uh, all kinds of psychological complications related to injuries. And then, of course, the Gulf War illness, which has been renamed chronic multi-system illness, uh, for which the VA has a lot of programs and benefits. Chronic pain syndrome and substance abuse are also common problems, and there are a number of infectious diseases that uh, veterans have been exposed to as well, including malaria, TB, wound infections, uh, and so forth, uh, parasites and, and the like. And uh, there are also discussions about uh, how to get health care outside of the VA if you um, – uh, can't get in quickly through the new legislation that's been passed. So we have a lot to talk about uh, just on that, but please feel free to give me a call uh, if you want to talk about anything medical. Uh, the lines are open. This is the time to get your call in because we're not busy at this time, and you will be answered. We're at one 672 so post-traumatic stress disorder is not limited to veterans. Uh, it's limited to anyone who has had a major uh, psychological injury, shock. And uh, you can imagine that people who have been involved in these mass murders that are taking place throughout our country now, a significant number of the survivors of those will have post-traumatic stress disorder. And that is a disorder that is frequently also associated with underlying mood disorders, other mood disorders such as depression, uh, chronic anxiety, uh, also known as generalized anxiety disorder, and so forth. So the treatment of this is not just management of the post-traumatic stress disorder, but also making sure that there's not something going on. And the folks here at UMC have actually been uh, pioneers in developing some of the treatments for PTSD, which is a syndrome where you have flashbacks, which you relive the traumatic event, uh, sleep disorders, um, uh, and, in, and some people uh, can become dysfunctional because of this problem. And uh, one of the ways that they treat it is to actually sit down with you and have you uh, visualize what happened over and over again under cl a close uh, with close support uh, by a, a licensed psychologist, uh, and, and in effect, sort of like allergy shots, desensitize yourself to that, and that can be very effective. Uh, if you have this problem from whatever. I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. We're talking about all things considered on today's program, one 672 7464 It's your doctor call-in show, and we have open lines, or we'll take your email at one uh, at uh, southernremedympbonline.org. So I have an email here, actually, already coming in uh, while we wait for your call. That is, how do you get uh, health care outside of the VA? Hmm. Well, uh, if you live in a rural area uh, or if you are disabled and it's hard for you to get transportation uh, or there are other reasons that you would prefer to be seen either locally uh, or uh, elsewhere, the VA now can pay for that care. And the secret to... Getting that care is to have uh, a health ID. You have to get that card, and that card involves registration and uh, making sure you actually are a veteran. And now most veterans are entitled, with honorable discharges, are, are entitled to health care of some degree or the other. It depends a lot on what uh, your discharge status was, what 
you suffered in the military, how long you were in there, this, that, and the other. But the key to getting into the system and getting benefits of any kind is a special website that the VA has, and it's in Spanish as well, and that is uh, the eBenefits My Gateway to Benefits Information uh, address. And the web address on that is www.ebenefits, E-B-E-N-E-F-I-T-S, dot V-A, dot gov, backslash e-benefits. And uh, I'm going to give that to you one more time. ebenefits.va.gov backslash ebenefits backslash homepage. And that page will give you um, all the directions you need to communicate with the VA and see uh, if you are eligible to get benefits if you don't have any. That includes health care and other benefits, including um, educational uh, support, homeless uh, veteran support, uh, et cetera, and uh, also uh, the opportunity to use this new program that it will be uh, active. I think it's in December, the latest uh, ramification of it which allows you to get uh, your health care locally if it can't be provided expeditiously at a VA facility near you or you just don't want to go there. Um, So that is a very important uh, website for you to take a look at. We have a call from – so that that, uh, listener who wanted to know that, I'm going to give this uh, uh, email address – one more time, and I'm going to tell you how to do this if you don't have email or don't know how to use it or don't want to use it. The uh, Benefits Information website, which is an interactive website, is www.ebenefits.va.gov backslash ebenefits, and that is uh, the way to get in there. Uh, to get this information. So that's a good. The suicide prevention line, by the way, is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. It is um, open 24 hours a day. There are live folks on there. And uh, the Homeless Veterans Helpline is www.va.gov backslash homeless. Uh, backslash for homeless veterans. And all of this is covered. If you just go to www.va.gov, you will get access to all of this. So it's not hard to get this information, but we'll certainly email it to you or or repeat it or mail it to you, whatever you need. If you give us a call at one 672 7464 Let's go to Dave in Memphis. Hey, Dave. Hello? Dave, you're on the air. All right. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hello? Hello? They put me on hold, and I'm not sure if I can talk to you now. You can talk to us now. What's Hello? what's your uh, question or point? Hello? Hello? Dave, uh, you're on the air. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I'm in the car, and I got mixed up with the Bluetooth. Okay. Um, oh, you're, you're on now. Um, I'm on the phone. There we go. So uh, I didn't know whether you were aware that, uh, and uh, full disclosure, I teach Transcendental Meditation. But uh, I don't know whether you're aware, but the the VA did a study on a long-term, you know, as I understand, a multimillion-dollar study on, on PTSD for veterans using Transcendental Meditation. And... Uh, I'm not supposed to talk about the results, but it took them a year after they got done with the study that just about ready to publish it. They had tremendous results uh, with that. Uh, and uh, it's been very effective in helping PTSD for, for veterans. Uh, there's a couple of places to go for, um, for uh, information and support. Uh, the David Lynch Foundation is supporting uh, veterans to start um, 
completely in some cases. Uh, and uh, uh, so you can go to David Lynch Foundation or TM.org to find out for mo- more information. But you should look for that published uh, study here within the next month or two. Dave, that's exciting. That's exciting. Thank you so much for your call and drive safely. Um, yes. Transcendental medica- meditation uh, is a variation on a number of techniques that you can learn to deal with uh, mental issues and stress. There are now apps that you can download onto your phone that you can have a session of meditation, prayer, whatever form. Prayer is certainly a, a one of the forms of transcendental uh, meditation um, uh, that you can have that basically let you step back from what you're doing and focus uh, on healthy mental behaviors and dealing with stress uh, and, in particular, PTSD. Now, uh, the one uh, PTSD treatment that seems to be most effective is this interactive program uh, with a clinical psychologist where uh, you actually relive those experiences. Uh, I don't know about this one yet, but it's certainly good to hear about it. The more, the better, because some things work with some people, just like antidepressants. Uh, we have a whole bunch of different types of antidepressants. Families like the SSRIs, SNRIs, blah, 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 RIs, and Owens. And there's no way for a doctor to pick which one's going to work on you if you need an antidepressant. And uh, so uh, what we have to do is just try multiple things, and eventually we usually come up with something that does the trick. And that's the same way with these other therapies. Therapies. You're listening to one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's the original Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick here, taking your questions on whatever you want to talk about, and celebrating Veterans Day, which will be this Saturday, eleven uh, eleven as usual. Let's go to Columbia and Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, this is Joe. I have a grandson who stutters. Uh-huh. He's six years old, and he's been told by a school a specialist, speech specialist, that he'll always stutter. Where do you, where did, where'd they get that? I mean, I don't know. the whole purpose of speech therapy is to correct stuttering. Now, maybe there this this sounds like some something that. Uh, some uh, grandfather got from the sister of the brother who saw me in clinic. I get these kinds <laughs> of reports <laughs> all the time. Dr. Rick said, blah, 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 and I didn't say anything like that. I said something uh, similar, but it wasn't that. So let's just straighten this out um, because I, I know that that's not what you wanted to hear, and it's not true. The propensity to stutter will always be there. That circuit that is crossed up in your brain will always be there. But that doesn't mean you will always stutter. People who stutter know that they are stuttering. They aren't, <laughs> they, they aren't in a coma. And right. uh, what speech therapy does is teach them tricks to do workarounds and reprogram the brain not to do this. And kids who stutter are stigmatized, no matter how, uh, you know, loving and religious we are, our kids that have stuttering uh, still get stigmatized by other children. I don't know. It's some kind of barbarian uh, uh, thing that we have in our brains that anybody who's different gets picked on and bullied. So it is very, very important that children that have this problem get to a licensed speech therapist. And this requires multiple visits to get straight. And it's sort of like, and this is a bad analogy, but it's sort of like teaching your dog uh, to go outside to go potty. I mean, it takes a long time for this all this circuitry to be connected and uh, so I'm very, very uh, uh, 
excited that your uh, grandson has been identified and hooked up to a speech therapist, I would suggest that you talk with his parents and maybe the parents and you go in and have a conference uh, with the speech therapist to find out what the speech therapist, the school speech therapist can do and what she or he can't do, because there, depending on your insurance, uh, there are ways to get help on this. So, Jeff, thank you for calling. I, I want to uh, let everybody know that that's not true. Okay? And if you want to know more about stuttering, just send me an email. I've got a great patient info uh, thing on stuttering. I'm Dr. Rick. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's Southern Remedy, and we're waiting for your call. We got open lines. It's Veterans Day celebration. Thank you for your service, you veterans. But we'll talk about whatever's on your mind as usual because that's our job, and we're here to do it. Let's go to Meridian and Becky. Hey, Becky. Hey, how are you? I'm doing much better. I was getting lonely. I'm glad you called. Good. I'm glad I called, too. Uh, my dad is 89 years old. He's a Korean War veteran. Wow. Um, he ha- we he has just recently gone to an Alzheimer's facility. He has a double, uh, <laughs> a double um, progno- diagnosis, I guess you'd say, of uh, Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. Very common. Okay, and he cannot walk or stand and needs full t- not only full-time care, but full-time supervision because even though he can't walk or stand, he <clears throat> still tries to do that, especially during the night. Yes. Um, and what I want to know is does and, – and he just – did I say that he just last week was uh, declared 100% disabled by the VA? Wow. Um, so he'll, yeah. get, he'll get, he's got the full meal deal there. Yes, and I, I have not been able to go to Tupelo to read the very thick packet of information that came um, but I, where my mom lives. But um, anyway, I, I just was wondering, does, does VA cover hospice care? Yes. Okay. In fact, there's a huge hospice unit uh, at the VA in Jackson. I don't know about the other facilities closer to you, but uh, oh. there's actually a hospice facility for veterans uh, here, and it is run by a dedicated hospice staff. It's actually one of the teaching hospice units for the VA that's that's really wonderful, also, the VA, if he can't, uh, if he, it's not convenient for the family, can right. provide support. Now, the problem is navigating the federal system. It's yeah. actually, you know, it's a nightmare. And yeah. it's, it's actually easier if you're computer literate to go yeah. on the eBenefits website, uh, www.ebenefits.va.gov backslash eBenefits. Uh, yeah. and, and get this straight. And there's a, uh, on that in there, if you get screwed up, there's actually a phone number. Now, the other option uh, that, and I meant to mention this and didn't when, when I was talking about this before, is there is a VA benefits counselor at each VA medical center. There's usually multiple ones. And it's their job to sit down with people and go through this. And it, the the problem is, is because of all this, um, I don't know what to say, red tape, you yeah. have to have authorization from the patient to do all this stuff for him, okay? Well, Does he have an advanced directive? Yeah, is that a, my mother's got a dual power of attorney. Oh, that's it, that's it. Okay, good. So your mom... Uh, you may want to uh, get a your mom to also designate you if you're helping her, uh, yeah. since she's old too. I'm sure. She's uh, eighty-five. Bless yeah. her, bless her. Uh, and I know this is just really tearing her apart. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been there, done that. Uh, so, so uh, I I would also consider getting a uh, power of attorney for health care. 
uh, uh, get her to designate you because then that way the two of you could go to a VA and sit down with a benefits counselor if you can't make any sense out of the uh, email thing. Uh, yeah. So that that you really it's so complicated. It's really better to do this face to face with a human. They try to route you into this thing just to familiarize yourself. That they, they there's a form on this website and you fill it out and put in the info about uh, your loved one and all the stuff like that. And then they tell you what that person is eligible for. In your case, he is eligible for everything the VA's got. So it's sort of a waste of time. It's just getting it, uh, accessing yeah. it. Now, when he was, where was he de- declared 100% disabled? In Tupelo or where? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. then, uh, and that's a clinic. That's not a hospital, right? A VA. It's a VA outpatient clinic. Well, he's, he's at an Alzheimer's, it's not a VA Alzheimer's facility, but he got his declaration or whatever you want to call it from the VA just last week in the mail that came to their house that said, he is 100% disabled. Okay. And and it goes back to like June, uh, July 1st, 2016. Okay. Do you want to put him in a hospice unit? He's uh, already in. A, well, okay. Do you want to get payment a, for the hospice unit that he's in? Is that what you're trying to get done? Well, he's, he's in an Alzheimer's facility, but it's not in Tupelo. It's, a, it's in Mantachi, about 18 miles north of Tupelo. But there's a wonderful hospice facility in Tupelo where my mom used to work. Uh-huh. And it would be so much more convenient for her if, you know, if we could get him uh, there. Now, his VA doctor in Tupelo has recommended hospice, and we've signed papers to uh, go ahead and get the hospice uh benefits at the Alzheimer's facility where he is now. Okay, here's here's what I, I think to sort through this. I know I, I, I'm letting us go through this where the listeners can hear what a nightmare it is to go through this process yeah. of trying to figure out who does what when. I've yeah. been there and on both sides of it. So even as a physician, I have to go through this network of bureaucracy to get this. Here's what I would do first and see if you can shortcut it. If this facility you want him to go to has a social worker, which most of them do, yeah, you can call that facility, say you want him transferred there. Uh, your mother obviously will have to authorize that. And right. you want them to take him in using the VA support and see what they say. Uh, okay. And and that the that the VA supports very generous for this, so that way you wouldn't have to fool with all this stuff I just told you you had to do. They would do okay. it for you. Most the social workers in general are pretty up to date or can get information about how to navigate the VA system, and that's their job. And yeah. uh, they will want him at that hospice unit because he ha- he will he will be a fully paid. Uh, right. person there. And remember that people, my mother broke the uh, broke the record in Mississippi <laughs> on, uh, she had the, exactly what your dad has got. She had a combination of um, of uh, Alzheimer's and vascular dementia because right. she had high blood pressure. She was yeah. over 100 years old and wow. she broke the record in hospice. She absolutely refused to die. And <laughs> I don't blame her. Uh, but finally, when she decided it was time to go be with Jesus, then it, it you know it was a lot easier because we had worked through all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, there you go. And if that doesn't work, just drop me an email, and I'll try to uh, get the VA here people here in Jackson to help you. And can I ask one other related question? Sure. Did so if your mom had that same double diagnosis, did she tend to be? My dad is as active or more active at night, like all during the night. And mm-hmm. they are having a heck of a time trying to find some medication to help him sleep through the night. Okay, let me give you the deal on that one, all right, because I'm also a geriatrician. 
uh, the that is a characteristic of all dementias, and that is roaming at night if you can walk. Okay, so those those veterans who can act, uh, those uh, people with Alzheimer's and other dementias, primarily Alzheimer's, tend to uh, wander. And uh, that's why they keep the doors locked in all these facilities. And they will do crazy things in the middle of the night. It used to be really easy to deal with them because we would basically give them uh, a some kind of tranquilizer at night that would give them a good night's sleep. And uh, eventually we began to use antipsychotic medicines. And antipsychotic medicines... Um, uh, are associated with an increased prevalence of death in people who are treated with them with Alzheimer's. So then the nursing homes got crazy because the federal government, especially Medicare, was sanctioning them for using these tranquilizers. Uh, they're, they're called the atypical antipsychotic agents. There's a whole bajillion of them. And now you have to get a doctor to authorize the use of that or or that you won't get anywhere. So he needs one of these because uh, he is agitated. And that's what they're trying to do is find one that won't zonk him, but will calm him down and keep him keep him from falling out of bed and so forth. Uh, So if you can't get that sorted out. Uh, then you need to talk with whoever's primary care doctor and get some assistance from a, a geriatrician or someone else with the problem. The VA doctor is now going to be his primary care doctor because his VA doctor is also the doctor for this hospice organization that we've signed him up with. Yeah. Um, but have, have you had a face-to-face with him? Uh, yes, I have had one. Sounds like it's time for another one. Yeah. It's just going to save you a whole lot of time trying to figure this out because anything that is rational is not the way it's done. Okay? (laughs) Everything is a workaround. If you hadn't figured that out already... I just no, told you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so go ahead and just go go face to face with these people. They're much okay. more inclined to help you when you're not a number or a name. You're sitting there right. in front of them. Okay? Yeah. That's the way I did it. I had to do it that way myself. I had to wow. go see the social worker in person. I had to yeah. go see the doctor at the nursing home and then the hospice unit in person before yeah. I could get this straightened out. And, and I will say that the, the social worker at the VA benefits office in Tupelo has been very helpful uh, and kind. But it's, you know, when you call the, these toll-free numbers, and my mother's very tech-savvy, especially for an 85-year-old woman. Uh-huh. Uh, but they, um, <laughs> I, I've told her, I said, you know, whoever you talk with, try to get their email address yeah. so that when you finish talking with them on the phone, you immediately shoot off an email that says, thank you for our conversation about X. You agreed to do Y. I agreed to do Z, and it will be completed on whatever date. You must have an MBA. Uh, Yeah, that's called generating accountability. And uh, that is a great idea. And give your mom a big hug for me and uh, bless her and bless you for dealing with a very, very challenging situation that more and more and more people are dealing with. I need to ask my producer who's next. Jay, who's next? Got Sue and Beaumont up next. Hey, Sue, what's going on in Beaumont? Not much. <laughs> well, I bet you could stir something up. <laughs> I probably could. <laughs> well, this is what I want to ask you. After hearing all these nightmares about people trying to get help from the VA, this is what always bugged me. I, I, I was the wife of a career Army soldier, and uh, he spent a tour in Vietnam. And the military, when they take your husband off to, and they send him off, you know there's a good possibility he might be killed. Uh, it's like the families are abandoned. Nobody ever uh, checked on the, the people left behind. See, how are you making out there without your husband? Because we sent him off to get killed, you know. Yeah. And, sorry. Uh, they, I, I thought that's a terrible thing to sacrifice your life 
for for a, a military that doesn't check on your dependents to see if everything is how they're. Of course, I know short staff and all that. They probably don't not don't have enough help to check on the dependents. But see how the wives and the children are getting along. They need any help. I, that always bugged me. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, still a problem, but it's better. There uh, are there's now uh, on that same. I'm sorry, so I can tell you the same website, uh, va. dot uh, gov. Uh, there is actually a um, a program on there that outlines what benefits are available for dependents, uh, survivors, etc. And there are certain things that are available now for families, including uh, psychological counseling related to separation uh, problems, et cetera. Did you tell me that back when I, I was a wife of an Army man? No, that's all new. No, uh-uh. You're right. Yeah, my mom got no help. The only uh, thing that the military did was, was send us on a trip to Hawaii. That was nice, but... Uh, well, how did you pull that one off? I never got one of those. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. All, all all the military guys were getting vacations to Hawaii to meet your wife for a week in, in uh, Honolulu there. Well, I guess I, I uh, got out too early. Ten years, they never mentioned giving me a trip anywhere other than places I did not want to go. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a good point, and we appreciate your call. Okay, And uh, thank you for the service of your hubby. Okay. Hey, you were at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We got open lines. Uh, we're talking about veterans' issues and your issues. They may not be the same. They may be different. We'll take any call on any topic. Uh, veterans' Day is eleven eleven, and uh, that's Saturday. And I won't be here on Saturday. And I'm an old uh, military doctor, uh, trained at Walter Reed, and have. Subsequently worked in the VA for many years while I've been on faculties of various Southern medical schools. So I'm trying to share information I have gleaned as a veteran. I get my health care, part of it, at the VA, get my medicines at the VA, get my hearing aid at the VA. And uh, so there you go. So maybe I can give you some information if it gives us a call. And if you want to talk about that, maybe I can tell you something about something else. So give me a call. One eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's go to Ripley and Cindy. Hey, Cindy. Hey. Ripley's yeah. one of my favorite places. It's like a poem. It's like a place. It's it's a vision. I've never been to Ripley, but I know a family medicine doctor who's practiced there for years. Uh, her name's Dwyla, and you probably know her. And uh, she t- says it, it's a very very sweet community. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to call and say is that um, you don't hear this very often, but I had a wonderful experience with the VA for my father. Thank you. Um, not only did they take great care of him, and he has passed, Sorry. but they took great care of my mom, too. She, he was the, uh, They appointed her his attendant uh-huh. when he was um, incapable of taking care of himself, which allowed her to stay home with him and not have to go to work and stuff um, later. And um, he received excellent care. I mean, fantastic care. And just a few things that I learned in this process is, one, um, it's probably best if if they can see fit to turn this over to a relative that is younger, that is more um, familiar with the technology, um that is able to speak clearly and plainly about what they need and where they can get that need filled and take notes. And um, I'm just going to take my parents turned it over to me in 1996. My father died in 2014 Mm -hmm. and um, it was under VA care that whole time. And I'm just, what a great experience. Well, I am so, so happy you called and, let me tell you, most of most people uh, get very good care from the VA and very happy. And as someone who um, has provided that care for a long time and is a veteran and loves and appreciates veterans and military families, it tears me apart 
to hear all the bad experiences that people have had. But I'd rather hear them where we could get them addressed. It's it's the good experiences that most people have that we don't hear much. And one of the things that we do when we send our uh, doctors in training and our, our residents and fellows and faculty to the VA is to tell them that they are doing a double service when they're there. And most of them find it a very, very good work environment. They don't like the paperwork, but let me tell you, all that crazy VA uh, uh, paperwork has now come over into private practice. So uh, they're having the same thing that the VA's been doing now with all the federal insurance policies and Blue Cross and everything else. So uh, I think it's all going to settle down, and and the VA's got a lot of new money to do things. And so bless you for the call. Sorry you've lost both both of your loved ones, but uh, it's a blessing to us to have you call and tell us about it. Thank you very much. Let's go to your house. Give me a call. I'm at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Twiddling both thumbs, waiting for your call. Let's go to David in Biloxi. Hey, David. Yes, sir, Doctor Desai. So you are the man with the plan for all of us vets. Well, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm a veteran, and I don't get everything I want, but I I do my best to get as much as I can get. So there you Amen. go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we got to do it our way. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Back about six months ago, you were talking about uh, people being able to call up to the UMC to donate their body as cadavers. Uh-huh. I, I myself, as a veteran, I'm wondering, should I do that or should I stay with the, through the veterans systems to have my body uh, buried or cremated when that time comes? Well, how many bullets do you have in you? <laughs> I don't. I just have one spinal infusion. Okay. Uh, that is a matter of personal choice. And uh, by the way, everybody who volunteers to be a donor and calls UMC at uh, 601-984-1000, that's the operator that can connect you to the anatomy department that handles that, uh, not everybody is eligible. There's certain criteria uh, I think I would probably flunk because my brain is too small. But uh, there there are criteria uh, to be selected. So it, it, those people who volunteer, don't be disappointed. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Uh, there are certain kinds of people they're looking for that uh, medical students uh, uh, can uh, work with. Uh, as cadavers. I don't understand all the details, but they'll explain them to you. So, uh, David, you're you're not doing anything bad if you choose not to give your body uh, uh, to UMC. It's a good thing if if you're so inclined. I think what I have done in talking to my family about this is I've I've, uh, I've done that. I've felt like what my family wanted to do and uh, there are ways now to have uh, services of remembrance or burial services or so forth, uh, regardless of whether your body parts are present. So uh, right. you don't give that up. Uh, right. So it's an option. Uh, you can, you know, you can be at UMC, your body. You can be in, in a uh, urn there uh, as, you know, cremated. Or you can be there embalmed, whatever, however you want to do it. Uh, so there are workarounds to deal with that. But it's a family decision, and that's the way I'd go with it. Okay, well, great. Well, I, I like both ideas, and uh, uh, I'm cool with it. And I was just wondering, but, hey, when that time comes, I guess my wife will decide, and we will have already decided in advance, hopefully. Well, yeah, and I, I think it's don't don't dump it on her. You, you have the conversation now. That's one of the one of the things I th- gifts you can give your spouse on both sides is to start talking about those end of life decisions now. We actually, uh, because we're older, we actually have pretty much gotten ninety nine percent of our uh, uh, end of life planning done, uh, including um, you know uh, waivers to give the wife uh, the 
um, authority to deal with a husband's medical affairs if he's out of it, uh, what to do uh, with the body if uh, there's a death, uh, and how to handle all the doggone uh, financial issues that come that are dumped on the spouse when uh, the the uh, other loved one dies, and that is a nightmare in itself. And so we've we we're working through all of that now, where she won't be stuck, or I won't be stuck. It's probably she won't be stuck with uh, those problems when I uh, exit and uh, go to a better place. So thank you so much, uh, David, for your call. We appreciate it. We have open lines at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's sort of a weird pro- uh, program. We're talking about weird stuff, but I hope it's helpful to you because uh, living, uh, dying is a part of living. And uh, the quicker you get ready for the end, uh, the better you'll be for today. So it's time to start thinking about all those things, regardless of whether or not you are a veteran. Planning ahead will save a lot of hassle. And we'd like to talk to you about any medical issues you have. If you want to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go to Dan in Lee County. Hey, Dan. Um, I may have missed part of the program, but earlier you were talking about applying online for veterans' benefits. Yes, sir. And I believe, I don't know for a fact, that every county in Mississippi has a veterans coordinator. They probably have an office at the county courthouse. So, oh, Well, I didn't know about uh, that, but that's good. That's it good. is. Uh, they're what got me in the system. And uh, So tell, really, tell me exactly how that worked. Did, you, did somebody just tell you that there was a, a VA uh, benefits rep that came to the courthouse every uh, month, or how did it work? There. My experience is they have an office there. Um, uh, I met a lady, a nurse practitioner that had been in Vietnam about the same time I was, and she said uh, there's a prima facie connection between diabetes and and service there. So uh, she encouraged me to apply, and I went to the veterans' office. They've got all the forms. Uh, The guy that was there then helped me. He filled them out for me, and pretty much all I had to do was sign it. That's what I like. I want somebody oh, to fill yeah. out those stupid yeah. forms for me because even if you're a Phi Beta Kappa, you can't understand what they are. So, well, it's uh, government produced, remember? Yeah, Chinese. Uh, yeah. So, so um, that's good to hear. And uh, I will. I, a lot of people are listening, so they need to check that out. And before I open my mouth about this again, I'll check that out with the people here. The people that. Uh, are not near one of those. The, all of this information that you got from him is on this website, ebenefits.va.gov backslash ebenefits. And the key to getting those benefits is to get the ID card. And anybody who's a veteran, they've opened up these benefits now for people who could never get them before, even for uh, illnesses that were not present during your uh, time, especially if you were in Vietnam uh, or any place where there was uh, stuff being burned or exposed to agent or all kinds of things, and just about everybody qualifies for something by the time they get through. So you can get some help, and I appreciate your call very much. That was very helpful. Let's go to Jackson and Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Hey there. I have a couple of questions. I hope I can answer them. I hope so, too. Uh, my first question is um, my 98-year-old grandfather is a veteran, and he has he's 100% disabled, and he, he's gone online, and he's got benefits and all that good stuff. But as his legal daughter, what steps should I be taking um, for him? Um, again, he's 98. Um, he is not necessarily equipped to do things for himself, but we do a lot of calling and a lot of taking and doing things. And So what should I be thinking about and making sure that I have done for him um, or, or for myself that I, I, I can handle things for him? I got you. I got you. I got you. Exactly. So is he uh, of sound mind? Uh, he is, but he's getting not to be. Okay. Well, that's uh, it's now's the time to be active because once he's not in unsound mind, it's much more difficult to get the right answer to your question. 
because he has to be declared incompetent and it's a nightmare. So uh, what you what you want is a power of attorney for health affairs, uh, which there's there's a power of attorney for all affairs. And that includes health. That includes managing finances, uh, the whole nine yards of assistance. And then there is a power of attorney for health affairs. Uh, and what you would really like to do is get a power of, of attorney, period, which would allow you to handle any of his affairs. And when you present that to the VA or anybody else, uh, then you're the one who has the decision-making uh, authority on his behalf. Now, in order to do that responsibly, you have to talk to him about how he wants stuff done if this or that happens, like does he want to be on a ventilator, does he want to uh, you know, have an operation if he gets sick, et cetera, et cetera. Most people in that age group uh, don't want a lot of stuff done to them, and they want to be put in hospice and made comfortable getting a lot of morphine and other opioids uh, until they transition. So uh, I, I, I would have a – the reason I brought up the power of attorney issue and the two types is my mother refused to give me power of attorney uh, uh, initially because – I don't know why. We had a great relationship, but she just felt she was good enough. She worked till she was 80, and she felt she was in charge. So I said, okay, let's do the power of attorney for health uh, affairs. That would only kick in when you're out of it and you can't fend for yourself. She said, okay, you can have that. Well, we got that. I used it a couple of times. She liked it, and then she gave me the power of attorney for the whole thing. So, But the, the one that's going to be the most immediately helpful is going to be the power of attorney for uh, health affairs. And it, that that unfortunately requires your getting some legal help and there there you actually do get one of those online i don't i know the lawyers don't like that but i think you probably ought to find an attorney to get get that help with or at least uh someone who is familiar with the paperwork on that and i think that's the number one thing is that helpful it was helpful second question which is he is having a lot of problems swallowing and getting food down his esophagus, and he attributes it to dry mouth. I think something else is going on there, but mm-hmm. it's making him lose weight. He needs to have an evaluation by a gastroenterologist. He probably has an esophageal stricture from reflux that can be dilated. He could have something worse. He needs to go see a, a gastroenterologist, and you can take him to the VA. They have those services, or easier, get him to a gastroenterologist sponsored by the VA. Uh, and that's the e-benefits part of it. Listen, we got to start on Veterans uh, Day and Veterans Health Care. We'll get some more information to you going forward, but we're out of time right now. So I hope this was a little bit helpful. We'll be back same time, same place, right here uh, at Southern Remedy, the original one. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and our producer is Jay White. Stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.